all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We also want to thank Eisenhower Center. It's a brain injury recovery center. Learn more about eisenhowercenter.com. They're located in Michigan and in Florida. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. Contact us if you'd like to be a sponsor on Veterans Radio, and let's move on to our program. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio today Fred Shibley. Fred is the Deputy Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs. Uh, Close, yeah, it's the Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, which the the MVAA and the Michigan Veteran Homes are a part of. There we go. And then then the Michigan National Guard is our our third component. And as the... uh, we have Fred on as the uh, deputy director here to talk about the latest veterans home here in the state of Michigan. It had uh, for a long time two homes. One goes back to the Civil War over in Grand Rapids, the western side of the state. One's up in the UP. And the latest one is in Chesterfield Township serving veterans in the southeast Michigan area. Uh, Fred, I understand that they've started to move folks into the new home. Can you tell us about the Chesterfield Township facility? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Thanks for thanks for having me today. Uh, your your advocacy and work on behalf of veterans is, is well appreciated and known throughout the state. So we uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity to come and talk a little bit more about um, the new Michigan Veteran Home at Chesterfield Township. So as you mentioned, uh, we just completed construction. Um, we had our ribbon cutting officially back in April, um, where the governor and members of our board and the, the community uh, came and, and can, uh, came and participated in that ceremonial ribbon cutting. And then shortly after that, um, we started admitting our first uh, members. So this, this new home is the first, like you said, the first home in Southeast Michigan to be built um, in the state. Um, it represents a, an investment of about $76.5 million um, that's shared between the state and federal government at a 65-35 split. And so um, this represents a shared investment in our, our veterans um, by both the state and federal governments. And really what this new home represents is moving our system of care for skilled nursing for our veterans and their dependents 
into the, the next generation, right, into the new century. Um, so we've got state-of-the-art facilities, all individual private rooms with their own bath, um, shared uh, common spaces. So each uh, neighborhood is set up in a way that resembles very much like your home. Um, and, that, and that's what these, these facilities are. They are the veteran's um, home. And so we want to make sure that it is very welcoming and inviting. Um, a lot of attention was paid to the detail for any of the folks who have gone through and seen the home. Um, it is the best way I can describe it is walking into a, a brand new hotel or day spa. It's got a very modern feel to it. Um, our community center is the focal piece of the home that ties the, the four neighborhood buildings together. And uh, it's kind of like the downtown for the the veterans home. And so it's where you have your bistro and the coffee shop and the, the barber shop and hair salon, um, some shared activity space for larger group gatherings, um, a spiritual room, uh, and chapel space for folks um, to reflect and, and meditate. And it really just represents the commitment that we're making to our veterans, um, you know, throughout the state, especially in Southeast Michigan, where we had um, just not had a presence before. And Fred, when you talk about how many veteran residents you can have at this new Chesterfield Veterans Home, um, tell us uh, kind of how big it is and, and give us some sense of size. Yeah, so it's it's a 128-bed uh, facility. And I keep saying facility, and that, that it's uh, I want to say home, right? So we, we really are changing that institutional feeling that has come with um, our veteran homes in the past that were much more hospital-like. Um, and really, this is a home. And so uh, it's 20, 128 beds um, divided up into four neighborhoods. Um, the, the size of the building is, is quite large. It's all on one floor, which is important, right? So when you think about individuals who are aging or who have mobility issues, um, not having a multi-story structure is a safety issue and just an ease of access issue. And so this is spread out. Um, it's over... Um, about a 20-acre parcel um, on the former Seville Manor uh, site up in Chesterfield. Um, the entire property that we sit on is about 100 acres, and so there's a lot of natural um, beauty and wildlife that's present um, on the grounds as well, too. We've got a pair of bald eagles that nest um, right there on the property, deer, turkeys, pheasants, you name it. Uh, we got it. So the members are going to have a lot of, um, a lot of uh, wildlife and natural beauty to observe um, at the new home. Well, and we always, you know, anybody who's, uh, you know, been in that in a situation that that not feeling penned in is so important, having that ability to go outside and enjoy nature a little bit, and sort of the modern architectural design and approach for senior homes has really evolved. And you have some outdoor courtyard space, I understand. Yeah, it's it's we call it the small house model, and so it really is. It's that. The neighborhoods um, and then the households within the neighborhood. So it's, um, you know, 32 resident rooms in, in one household or one neighborhood. And then that's divided in half, you know, 16 in each household. And then each of those households have dedicated outdoor space um, that members can come in and out um, in, in a secure and safe environment. Um, you know, we have a state of the art um well-situated rehab garden, as we call it. So we do have some individuals who may come to us for a temporary stay, right? They may be coming in and recuperating after surgery. Um, and we have the, uh, the physical therapy and occupational therapy spaces to help get them back on their feet and, and go back home if they are able to and they want to 
um, you know, age in place of their, their home that they, you know, have lived in for years. So um, we're really looking to be a full service provider to meet the needs of our veterans and also their spouses, um, you know, the eligible um, dependents who can also live at the homes. Um, that's an important part of the, the audience that we serve. So the Chesterfield Township facility is located in Macomb County to help uh, orientate people, but give them some more orientation. How far are they from Selfridge, where uh, Air Force Base, or where a lot of Just folks the, would know yeah, where that is? About a mile, right? So it's really it's really cool because when you're um, when we're outside, we're actually we can see the flight path. Um, so as we have the A10s and the the other um, aircraft that are taking off from Selfridge, our guys, um, our, our, our men and women who live with us can go out and, and watch that occur. So it does definitely provide that sense of uh, camaraderie um, and that sense of, um, you know, reminding them what it might have been like when they were serving. Um, and so it's very, very important for us, the community approach um, with the National Guard being part of the, the department that the homes are also a part of. Um, we, we, we embrace the concept of a member for life. Um, so we support them from the moment they enlist to the moment they're laid to rest. And whether that's a long or short amount of time, um, we have the support and services there to support them um, throughout that entire time. How does one qualify for admission to whether it's the Chesterfield home or over up in Grand Rapids or over up in the UP in Marquette? How, how do you qualify? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. So um, the the main qualification is that they um, were had honorably served and, and were honorably discharged from uh, the armed forces. And then um, we'd look at um, a number of um, things in regard to whether or not we can meet the, the, the level of care that they need. So we're going to make sure that we can provide the services that that individual needs. But so long as they meet that requirement of being a veteran or a, an eligible dependent, so a spouse surviving uh, a child, um, in instances where um, the child requires care, um, Gold Star parents as well um, is one that we um, are unique to Michigan is that we also take in um, the Gold Star parents who may have lost their, their child, um, you know, in, the, in, in, in battle. So um, the process, we've got all of our information. If you go to our website, which is michigan.gov uh, slash M-V-H, M is in Mary, uh, Victor uh, H, so I'm the Michigan Veteran Homes, that's our website, and all the eligibility information can be found there. Well, and as and walk you through the process. And as members of the military, we all understand space available. So, mm-hmm. you know, this that's the, always the case with uh, any of these sort of facilities is hopefully the space is available when, when you want it, or maybe you'll have to get on a waiting list. How does this get paid for? Let's also get that covered real quickly. Yeah. So um, the payment is, again, it's based on ability to pay. So we will do an assessment of the individual um, resident member who's coming in and look at their their assets. And there's a a monthly assessment that's done. And then we adjust their ability to pay. Now, unique to us as being a state veteran home is that that correlation or that connection to the federal VA, um, which does provide a lot of those health care benefits and retirement benefits to our, our military members, our veterans. Um, if you are 70 to 100 percent um, service connected, uh, you qualify for free care at the home. Um, and so that's pretty substantial. It's something very unique to the state veteran home program. Um, and so that is definitely um, one way. We also the new homes are CMS certified, which that means um, we are able to accept Medicaid and Medicare dollars. Um, and so that's another avenue um, for individuals who may 
qualify for those benefits, um, we will be able to accept those um, dollars as well too to help uh, cover the cost of care for those members who come in. You know, from a, an admissions or demand perspective, we know that there is a um, a need throughout the state. If you you know, we talked about how Grand Rapids and Marquette were really our main focus. Well, Grand Rapids um, historically had over 600 residents living there at at its peak. We had four members to a room in some instances, and in that room they had a hospital bed, a nightstand, and a curtain. Uh, separating them from you know their their roommates, and so again, it was that very institutional hospital like setting. So, what the goal, the long term goal for us, is to take those beds that were consolidated and concentrated at Grand Rapids, and then break them up and build additional new homes throughout the state of Michigan to make it so um, there's a veteran home within 75 miles of every veteran in the state of Michigan. So this was the first step in that process, um, building the new home in Chesterfield, as well as the new home in Grand Rapids to replace the old buildings there. Um, and now our next focus, our next uh, vision is looking at replacing uh, Jacob Eddy uh, in the UP. It's an aging building again um, that has a lot of infrastructure uh, needs that are gonna be coming up. And it actually, right now this, the environment is good with um, some of the stimulus dollars and surplus that we have to look at making that strategic investment and then once we get past that, we then start looking at the other areas identified. So that would be um, another home in Southeast Michigan, preferably in the city of Detroit, um, because there's a large veteran population there. There's a large need in the city of Detroit. Um, and then also looking along the I-94 corridor, uh, you know, from Ann Arbor to, to Kalamazoo, um, Battle Creek, and that, that zone. Um, and then up in the Flint and Bay City Saginaw area. And then also in Northern Lower Michigan, um, you know, Alpena, Gaylord, um, in that area. So if we can strategically get those investments, um, you know, over the next 10 to 15, you know, maybe as far out as 20 years, we can have this system in place that will then support the veterans for the foreseeable future as they continue to age and require services. Well, it's a great plan, and it's a huge step forward for the state of Michigan and its veteran population. We're talking to Fred Scheibel, <clears throat> who's the deputy director of the MVAA. Fred, give us again that uh, website where people can get more information. Yeah, it's michigan.gov and then our um, our our acronym, uh, MVH. So Michigan Veteran Homes, the MVH. Um, so it's michigan.gov slash MVH. Great. Let me turn to sort of a broader, maybe national question. Um, are these concept homes, these veteran homes, found out all around the country? Yeah. So the, the state veteran home program is, um, is a coordinated effort from the federal VA. So, you know, the, when people think of the VA, um, the healthcare centers, the hospitals, um, that's the federal government. And so the federal government, um, you know, is charged with providing those benefits and services to our veterans and their families. And so the state veteran home program is nested within the federal VA to provide um, both funds for new home construction, as well as um, regulatory oversight over the operations of the homes to ensure that the, the standard and qualities of care are met, that the veterans and their loved ones are receiving proper care. And so that all comes from the federal VA. And so as a result of that, you really, the, the state veteran homes as a whole are the largest single network of skilled nursing 
uh, care homes in the country um, because it does. It touches every state um, in varying ways. Um, every state does it a little bit differently, but these are state-owned uh, properties, state-owned buildings that then um, receive support from both the federal and state governments. Yeah, and I don't think people around the country maybe are as aware of it as they should be that this may be an option for one of their loved ones who's a veteran who would qualify. They would qualify and space would be available based on whatever their particular state requirements were. Um, but but there's a lot of them in many states, uh, the big states, New York, Florida, California. There's more than one. There's more than three um, as we have here in Michigan, and as you say, even if you, over the next five or ten years, you could add uh, three or four more, I mean, there's there's a lot of these state veteran homes uh, scattered around the country. I don't know what the number is. I don't know if you do. Yeah, I should. I should know, but, um, yeah, I don't have that number right off the top of my head. But, yeah, it is. And there's an organization, um, uh, an association of all the state veteran homes that, come together um, and really kind of exchange best practices and ideas. Um, it's a consortium uh, group that allows us to advocate with our federal legislators um, on issues of importance um, as well as at the state level too. So, you know, I think the, to your point, you know, there's not, there's not knowledge of us, um, but we are in every community or not every community, but we're, we're community based. And so that means, you know, if, if one of the, the homes is located in the community where you live, you know about us, right? Um, but if you aren't in one of those communities, you may not know. Um, and I think to to your point, the available um, the availability of care at the homes too is it's not a total solution, right? We don't have enough beds and space for every single veteran who needs it. Um, but we do have we do represent a large investment and a large um, resource that is available to those who may who may need our care. Um, and it's changing too. that demographic of the veteran is changing. So, you know, historically, um, you know, our World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam veterans, um, you know, came from a certain time and generation um, that required different levels of care and different expectations. Now, as we move in, um, as our Vietnam uh, population continues to age, they have different expectations and needs. But then as we start to look at that new um, veteran from, you know, post 9-11 and some of the, the unique impacts that they've had, you know, surviving, um, you know, critical, what would have otherwise been cause of death, right? Um, if you'd had an IED go off and you might've not been able to survive that in the past. Now with medical technologies, we have soldiers that are surviving, um, but with a lot more serious injuries, if their parents are their primary caregiver currently, which is often the case, as their parents age, we're going to see those veterans needing our services probably sooner and earlier in life than what most people would think of uh, for skilled nursing, right? So skilled nursing isn't just for our elderly or aging population. Um, it's for anybody who requires that specialized level of care. And I suspect that that's an issue that you're talking about nationally with your consortium and and. In that same regards, as you were explaining it, the demographic of veterans is changing. You And when you talk about uh, the old building in Grand Rapids, where it's four-door room and a curtain, well, that's not going to work with female veterans. Um, so I, I suspect you've planned for that kind of change, and certainly that has been part of the conversation at the national level. Yeah, absolutely. It's looking for those best practices and then, you know, and putting them, looking at what other states are doing that works well and then putting that into practice, you know, here in our state of, in Michigan. You know, that was, we went down to Tennessee 
um, and looked at what they were doing because we kept hearing um, that they were they they got it right, right? That they were doing it well. And so um, back in 2016, when these discussions were really in their infancy, and we were putting you know pen to paper, um, we had folks go down and look at their operations. And then throughout this whole process, you know, you're always exchanging notes and looking at. Um, how to improve things. And we've learned just from these new homes, what we're going to change at the next home, right? Um, because you don't know, uh, this is the first time we've built a new veteran home in the state of Michigan, a new building, you know, since the, the late seventies. Um, so there really isn't any institutional knowledge uh, to tell us exactly how to do it. So we're kind of learning on the fly a little bit about, you know, modifications. And that was the unique thing that we had building two at the same time. Chesterfield was the Chesterfield Township uh, property was a little bit further ahead of schedule um, than Grand Rapids. And so as we saw things at Chesterfield, we were then able to modify that at Grand Rapids and address it in real time. So um, it's been a very collaborative process with the construction company, the builders, our staff. It's, you know, really coming together to create a facility that's going to best serve the veterans. Well, and you've mentioned this, uh, every state's going to get an influx uh, of American recovery dollars from the Biden administration here in 2021. How realistic is it, uh, do you think, that across the nation and here in Michigan, we're going to see some of that money put to these kind of capital projects, which are problematic because they're capital projects normally? Yeah, so, um, and and even drilling down some uh, set aside the stimulus dollars that each state is receiving. Every state receives a lump sum amount based on uh, population. And I think there's also a calculation for unemployment and, and things like that. There's that calculation of, of money to spend. But then included in the American Rescue, Rescue Plan um, was a specific investment into the state veteran home program at the federal level. They pumped um, $500 million into that, that matching fund which should essentially hopefully clear the backlog of projects. The way the, the VA works is that they, the states have to identify that they have um, the state match uh, appropriated and, and ready. That then triggers consideration by the VA. So they have a priority list that they keep track of that are all the projects that have state matched, but they might just not have had enough federal dollars to go around. Well, now there's this influx of 500 million. It should clear that backlog. It's the same thing we saw in 2016 when they did something similar. And that was how we got the first two um, new homes that we just completed. So, um, you know, if the federal government is able to continue investing in that fund, I think the state's This is a priority for a lot of the states. It's important, um, especially with COVID-19. We learned a lot about the vulnerabilities and the needs for um, modern facilities that can address uh, infection control concerns. One of the best ways for infection control that the experts will tell you is having uh, private rooms, right, where you don't have those shared personal living spaces that reduces the, the, the risk of infection spreading. And so building these new homes not only is the right thing to do from a, a level of care, it's the right thing to do for infection control and, you know, God forbid, the next pandemic. Well, there's a little bit of hope and Im- information that unless we were talking to an expert, the general public, the, the veteran community would know about and that there is a big funding, a $500 million funding, to the VA match on these veteran homes. Um, and that really is makes, uh, that's hopeful that mm-hmm. uh, every state's gonna get uh, some modernization here. And does this mean you're pretty optimistic 
that uh, a second home in southeast Michigan might get built in Kalamazoo and maybe out on the uh, I-94 corridor? I can't say for certain, right? And I've been, I've I've worked in the legislature and I've been through a staffer on the state budget process um, prior to this role that I I assumed a couple of years ago. Um, So I never, I never like to assume anything. But I do think that there's an argument and, and the discussion should be had about these critical investments. And now, you know, the governor has talked um, a lot about the need for transformational type projects, things that address um, inequities that exist in our communities and things that will put money back into the local economies. Well, that's what our construction projects are, right? I mean, these are local um, construction workers that are coming in and building the homes. Um, we're contracting with veteran-owned businesses whenever we can um, through the process to, to employ veterans at the construction site. And these are good-paying jobs, right? These are these are union trades, um, and it's it, it reflects really that critical uh, demand and that growing segment of our economy. Um, so I, I tell people, if they're looking for a good career, go into the skilled trades if it's something that interests you, because we're going to be building a lot of stuff over the next you know several years. Um, and there's going to be a demand for those those workers. Absolutely. And we uh, also echo that, that a lot of our uh, military men and women who are transitioning out should be looking at those trade jobs, um, the skilled trades that uh, they learned in the service and now have to go find a way to apply that skill in the civilian world. And they can do really well if they stay focused on that. Um Certainly, Fred, sometimes these issues in the legislature are influenced by public policy and public uh, uh, pushing uh, to the extent Veterans Radio can ever help uh, uh, the uh, MVAA and and, uh, MVFA in in this uh, effort. uh, Feel free to come back around because we'd like to see those additional homes uh, built to service the men and women who really need uh, that facilities. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Jim. We we are incredibly fortunate, um, you know, as a department and and as a as the you know central coordinate the, the Michigan Veterans Affairs um, Agency is the central coordinating body for all veterans issues um, in the state. So we are we are incredibly beneficial. We benefit from the fact that veteran and military issues are nonpartisan, right? This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. Um, this is something that we can all get behind um, in a bipartisan way. We just saw that this weekend or this week, actually yesterday, uh, with the bill signing for some um, pretty critical licensure reciprocity bills for folks looking to move here from to Michigan from active duty and them, the, the service members and their spouses being able to transfer their license here to Michigan free and clear um, as long as it's in good standing in, in the, the previous state. Those types of things we can come together and work on. And so with the homes, I don't. It's not a lack of support. It's just a, it's a mechanics, right? It's it's looking at all the different moving pieces and all the different people out there asking for investments and just making sure um, that our voice is heard. So yes, I mean, um, if your listeners want to reach out to their their legislators and let them know that they're supportive of that, you know, I don't think there's anybody opposing it right now. It's just making sure um, we're we're diligent and getting the information, and answering any questions that may exist um, about future investments. It's always helpful to keep it on the radar screen, though. Yep, absolutely. We appreciate the time that you've given us today, uh, Deputy Director Fred Schweibel. It's been informative on a really important topic that's very timely because of the opening of the Chesterfield Township uh, Veterans Home, and we look forward to having you back on Veterans Radio. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jim, again, for for all that you do and for your listeners' support of uh, our veterans throughout the state. Thank you so much. 
And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fawson. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, NVBDC.org, Eisenhower Center, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan. VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor. And the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. They keep us on the air, as does your support. Go to Facebook, go to veteransradio.net, and support our efforts. And until next time, you are dismissed. <laughs>